Hello and welcome to TFPR Podcast, the Filipino Parents Review, where we share about books, movies, TV shows, craft, and everything else in between. I'm Angel. I'm Jumi. Hi everyone and welcome back to TFPR Podcast. So we have quite a packed episode today but you will again try to be as concise as we can. Uh, I can't believe we're on the final month of the first quarter of 2021. Time is going by so fast and sometimes I feel like it's 2020 again. But we're here keeping the faith and holding on to hope. Yeah, ambilis. But yeah. also, I think concise went out the window last episode because <laughs> it's okay. But yeah, we're trying and because of that, maybe we need to work on our next project so they can watch out for that where we don't have to be concise anymore. And yes. we'll talk about that next time. But yes, March na. Aside from, yay, celebrating my birthday. What else are we celebrating this month? Yeah, happy birth month! Thank Woo-hoo. you! And OMG, happy one year in lockdown. Quarantine. I know, oh, oh, pala, no. Grabe. <laughs> and then one more thing we celebrate every March is, um, is Women's Month. And on March 8th, we will celebrate International Women's Day. So it's the day we remember the suffragettes in Russia who marched for their rights to vote. And give their power and give power to the female voice. Mm. Um, I did a bit of research, and this year's theme is choose to challenge. Mm. Yeah, so I want to pivot on that and tell you about this book I recently finished. So, it's Chanel Miller's memoir entitled "Know My Name." So, for many years prior to launching this book, Chanel was known as Emily Doe. Um, a victim of sexual assault in Stanford University. I'm not sure if you've heard of this story. Um, mm-hmm. This happened in 2005. But, no, I'm not um, familiar. So interesting. Yeah, I think maybe because it's the year I gave birth. So, parang, <laughs> parang <laughs> okay, may meron akong bubble. So, Uh-oh. hindi ko alam ko ano nangyayari outside that bubble. So, yeah. So, so she gave a victim impact statement that was published on BuzzFeed and it became viral. I think mm-hmm. this one happened a year after. Yun. So, it was actually a catalyst for change in the judicial system in the US, particularly in California. So now they have imposed a mandatory prison sentence for sexual assault um, perpetrators whose victims are unconscious or intoxicated. So, mm-hmm. In the book, she talks about what happened to her and her experiences in the months leading to, during, and after the trial. So, it was beautifully written. Her use of metaphor is insanely good. As in, parang when you're reading it, it's like you are with her. You're experiencing what she's experiencing, seeing what she's seeing. Parang ganyan. And just like her victim impact statement... This book is also very moving and affecting. Mm-mm. I'll send you the link. Meron kasi siyang, I found a I found a video of her um Delivery. reading. Yes, reading it. Ano na sa in a studio, so mm-hmm. not not in the courthouse. Mm-hmm. Pero parang years after na. So I'll send you the link. Sige. Grabe, as in grabe siya. And then I think once you heard it, mm-hmm. you would really want to read the book yeah. and I encourage you to read it kasi parang you know how we love um, Tara Westover's educated. memoir Educated Uh-oh. yeah it's similar parang siguro medyo ito yung medyo parang two, oh, oh, medyo tenfold yung pagka-love ko dito Mm-mm. so I want to read a quote from the book that I think deserves to be discussed because it's very true and even I have personally experienced it and thought of it as well. So, just a bit of background for context. No? So, while awaiting the trial, the trial date, so Chanel moved to a different city to take up an arts course. So, every day, she walks from her apartment to, this, to school and then back. And every time, she gets catcalled. So, then, one day, her boyfriend went for a visit and then she took him to all her favorite spots and... 
Yun, and then they were walking, and as they were walking on the street, she noticed na walang comments. There, she, she's not receiving any comments from bystanders. Mm-hmm. And this is what she wrote about that experience. No? So, men had lines other men didn't cross. An unspoken, respected space. I imagine a thick line drawn like a perimeter around Lucas. Men would speak to me as if no line existed. Every day, I was forced to redraw it as quickly as I could. Why weren't my boundaries inherent? Intense. So, yeah, so I felt that. Mm. In frustration, the anger, the, the feeling of injustice. So, I remember during my first year in the workforce, so fresh out of college. Mm-hmm. So, I would walk from my office to the train station. And I would get catcalled every day, every afternoon, every day. So, and there, there's this one time I heard a guy say, Ngiti ka naman, miss. So, as if it's my duty to give them a smile or to yeah. light up their day. Kasi they're, they're sitting on the, on the, um, what do you call that? On the curb, parang they're, they're resting from their work. Wala lang. As parang it's crazy how, like Chanel said, why aren't my boundaries inherent? Like, Tapos, I remember thinking then, how I wish I have a taser, <laughs> like Veronica Mars. Then maybe it would be easier for these people to understand that, hey, there's a line between us, there's a boundary you shouldn't cross until I tell you to do so. And even that, diba? the fact that that was my first thought, to arm myself in order to feel safe, is already wrong. I problem I think we're we're barely scratching the surface here. And, I mean, we won't claim to know and cannot ever represent every side of the story as we discuss, right? Amongst yeah. ourselves, the two of us. Mm-hmm. As it will be such a long conversation. But we, I like it when you said we choose to challenge. Because, yes, our society, especially here in the Philippines, it's still mm-hmm. rooted in ignorance, lack of education, misogyny. But, I'm very ho- hopeful, like your word for 2021, that there are changes happening. But since you mentioned Veronica Mars, I want to <laughs> pivot into that and process with you. Like, I, now that you mentioned that story about Chanel Miller, I'm very interested to read it. And like Veronica Mars, I like that, you know, their experiences, Um, they used mm-hmm. it to change their circle of influence. Yes. Like, I mean, she didn't need to go, even if she had opportunities to go far, si Veronica mm-hmm. Mars, she chose to stay in Neptune, in her city. Mm-hmm. And, oh my gosh, I binged to watch it. I I couldn't sleep for a few days because I wanted to finish it. And it it it's a good mystery detective show that was... Yes. It's so captivating. Ang ganda Yes. It's simple lang, no, yes. like, big, intense, like, wardrobe or whatever. Yeah, but even the production. Mm-hmm. High school. It's literally just in a high school. Yeah. In, in a small town. Ganyan I lang. know. So, it's so good. Um, I really enjoyed my mama me time. <laughs> While I was watching it, I enjoyed my chores, washing the dishes. I finished all four seasons and the movie. And ay, the separation anxiety. It's so intense. <laughs> Jumi, why did you let me watch this? <laughs> but yeah, so it's such a great show. And like what I said before, I wish all young women, young men can, mm-hmm. can watch this and experience it for themselves. And, you know, um, it is so interesting because Veronica Mars, as a young female private investigator, she didn't have it easy because she was working a man's quote-unquote job, diba? Mm-hmm. I mean, and I would never understand what it feels like to be a rape survivor. So, spoiler alert for those who are going to watch it for the first time. Sorry, mm-hmm. but it's been out for years, so <laughs> I'm excused. And... You know, but I understood personally what she went through as a young female, you know, private investigator in her industry. Because I went through, I guess, similar instances where I was 
you know, in a male-dominated industry. Like, similar to being catcalled, we we think it's just a subtle way, diba, of minimizing mm. women. But, yeah, it's really, I don't know, it's constantly degrading and, you know, it's just so horrible that we're only noticing it very recently and we're only able to speak about it very recently. And it was constantly happening to Veronica Mars. And um, I felt that so much because when I started working, I entered the workforce. I was only 19 years old because... Why 19? Well, while studying? No, no. Because I graduated. My course was... In Mapua, they, they did this new thing where they would you know, compress everything in three and a half years. Ah, parang lasal. Yeah, but it was only, it was, we had four quarters. Lasal would have tri- trimester, three. right? Oh, trimester. Yeah. Uh-huh. So us, it's much more, much more compressed. So I graduated high school earlier. Mm-hmm. So that means I would graduate college much earlier, like mm-hmm. two years, three years in advance of people my age, right? So, imagine mm-hmm. I, w- I would go into the workforce and people would ask, how old are you? And I would be so mm-hmm. scared already or apprehensive to answer because I would know that they would use that somehow to mm-hmm. question me, diba. And then, as I was going through, you know, roles and, you know, trying to climb up that ladder, I got a managerial role at 24. Plus, mm-hmm. I was a female in a very much still male-dominated IT industry, technical industry, so double whammy. And people just would keep doubting you and you have to keep proving yourself. And just like Veronica, she felt it was so tiring, right? It's like she wanted another option to to move away from, from her city, from her hometown. And I guess those feelings for me resurfaced as I was watching it and like what you said, Women's Month. So I was focusing on, you know, uh, literature or works by women. I came mm-hmm. across this essay by Dorothy Sayers where she was talking about gender roles of men and women. Because um, she was one of the first female graduates of Oxford, if I'm mm. not mistaken. Yeah, so she was really going through those, you know... um struggles in gender roles in the industry like being educated as a woman in her age and in her day and age so she she talked about um the gender roles of men and women and and how i guess what it means or um what we are supposed to do and why we were created in relation to our work or vocation. I just started it, but this quote from the introduction of the book by Mary McDermott Schiddler, the premise is women are usually regarded for quote-unquote womanly work, so like motherhood or arts or things like that. And I guess I'll share more as I finish the book, but it's so interesting and I guess we can relate with this, with, you know, what we want to see in our lifetime about equality. Um, This is the quote. The situation it produces for us, however, is brilliantly clear. We are all equal in our creaturehood, whatever our sex, color, age, background, or abilities. But we are all different in the functions we are created to perform. As different as water from stones and engineering from imaginative fiction, Therefore, the primary task in living for any human being is to find and do the work for which he or she was created. So, Charlotte Mason's Home Education Volume 1. We've been discussing habits since last month and it will continue on this month as we read part 4 because it's still about habits. What are your thoughts so far after our book club meetup, Jumi? You know, I'm really excited about this chapter or part because it makes me reflect on many things mm. and um, confronts me. I mean, mm-hmm. I find it so confronting. So... Parang wal- wala kang 
parang wala akong choice but to think about it. Yeah. And reflect on it, write about it, ganyan. So, and I love how our friends from the book club would really open up about mm-hmm. their thoughts and feelings. So, every time we meet up, it's like we're blessed with rich conversation. Right. Yes. That's so true. Yeah. So, yun. So, okay, about habits. Um... You know, I've been mulling over this for a long time, and maybe I'm ready to talk about it now. Mm-hmm. Although, I still have no concrete way forward, um, but perhaps maybe we can discuss. So, I think I get the purpose and the whys behind habit training with when it involves something tangible or visible, yung something mm-hmm. na ginagawa, like mm-hmm. it's an action that or it's an action or like a choice of words when you're yeah. speaking, ganyan yung parang, di ba, yung parang be more polite, ganun. Mm-hmm. But I feel uneasy when it involves intangible things like maybe thoughts or feelings. It's in the early part of section 5, yung laying down the lines of habit, um, where Charlotte Mason said, uh, we think as we are accustomed to think, but since the child is still immature of will, feeble in moral power, unused to the weapons of the spiritual warfare, he doesn't have the ability yet to put up a no-road sign in his brain world to like stop a certain thought. And then she goes on to say, uh, he depends upon his parents. It rests with them to initiate the thoughts he shall think, the desires he shall cherish, the feelings he shall allow. So, I get the part about initiating and mm-hmm. what she means by it. Ito yung sinasabi natin last episode na parang tapik lang, right? Mm-hmm. Na you're not gonna push or pull the child. Um, But the source of my discomfort here is the latter part. Yung the desires he shall cherish and the feelings he shall allow. I find that hard to agree to that idea. Kasi to me, our feelings are our own. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to label feelings as good or bad. Because that's one reason why there's so many mental health problems nowadays, yeah. diba? Kasi like, when we were young, we're not allowed to feel our emotions. Parang mm-hmm. like, especially anger or sadness. Like me, I grew up having a difficult time labeling my feelings or identifying my feelings because I would always rationalize it. You know, I, I don't know, maybe I'm reading it wrong. What are your thoughts? I totally get where where you are coming from. But, I mean, I think it for us to understand the context, Um, I'd like for us to go back into who is Charlotte Mason and I guess, who her audience was before, right? Mm. So, since she is a Victorian Christian educator, he who is most likely speaking to those of similar faiths um, who are Christian educators, most of us are them in our teaching methodologies and homeschooling days, um, the Bible encompasses everything, right? So, I'm assuming that with that as the background, or like the disclaimer, she is speaking of um, the child who has a spiritual life and her thoughts. That's This is what I gather. And while I was reading, rereading this part, I was reminded of 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3-6, to where the author Paul is reminding the believers to take their thoughts captive in obedience to Christ, which is... In Charlotte Mason's writing, she mentioned that part. You, I think you also mentioned it, um, that we think as we are accustomed to think. But since the child is immature of will, will feeble in moral power, and used to weapons of spiritual warfare. So that phrase for me, spiritual warfare, that reminded me of um, this concept in the Bible where we are fighting a spiritual battle and most of our thoughts, that's where it starts, right? Like, those verses that would say that um, thinking ill of your brother or your neighbors is the same level of sin as killing or murder. So, there's, I guess, a big emphasis on the thoughts that that we have and how it should be aligned to God's will, I guess. 
and um where where um it was mentioned right that they don't ha- children yet don't have that ability to put up a no road sign in his brain to stop certain thought it i don't think it means um that there are less but it's just that they're not used to stopping these kind of sinful thoughts which i believe what her emphasis was um i don't think it's just plain emotion which we can never label as bad or good naman diba um but maybe feelings or thoughts or emotions that causes us to sin or to harm other people but i could be wrong and you could be totally right and she hasn't caught up yet to how harmful it is to shove one's feelings aside or down diba but I still would like to believe that she spoke highly of a child. Like in the first part of her writings, she said, "It is a marvelous and beautiful thing to perceive an idea when the idea itself is a fine one. Recognizing that ideas or our thoughts can be good, but not all are good. Some ideas can make you hate other people. Like I imagine these Nazis, the body, they they think." They have these ideas that they are good. They're the only one who deserve things on this earth, and thinking that it's only an idea. But like what CM said, ideas grow. So if you think or believe that these people are causing you to be angry or they don't deserve to live, then it will definitely cause your actions make you sin against them. If you don't hold your thoughts captive and. What I gather from this was, as parents, we need to help our children be self-aware in a sense that the emotions that they have they can be overwhelming or can they can hurt themselves or other people. And I wanted to share with you this modern paraphrase of the quote that you shared: "Children depend on their parents to initiate the thoughts and desires that fill their minds. Parent initiate these thoughts, but that's all." Once a thought is begun in a child's mind, it takes hold and develops itself, resulting in habits that become his character into adulthood. For me, I seeing it in this way, in this interpretation, it's one way of reminding us as parents that we can only initiate the thoughts and desires. That is to offer the feast of the good and the beautiful and the true. But It could really sound controlling, naman talaga, if we only see the other parts, like the things that you mentioned, without having this context that you have, right? And being reminded that as parents, we only initiate. Mm-mm. Yeah, right. So thank you for pointing that out. Because Charlotte doesn't openly say na this is what the Bible says. So. Sometimes when I read her, I forget about that part of her or that context, and I just read it as it is. Yeah. And when you read, when you read her, it shouldn't be that. That shouldn't be the way to read her, de- diba? I, Parang, I I feel you. Oh. <laughs> I also remember she said something about any seed of thought has the potential to grow. Something like that. Wait lang. Let me check my. My notes. Sige. Here. Parang, whatever seed of thought or feeling you implant in a child grows because that becomes what the child is accustomed to. Mm-mm. Parang ganun. Hindi ko alam kung quote niya ba yan or nasa notes ko lang ako. <laughs> Mukhang quote niya. I'm not sure if it's a direct quote or is it from... Wala lang. We'll research yeah, but... and we'll correct ourselves but it sounds like Charlotte Mason speaking. <laughs> I get it theoretically speaking like mm. but maybe it will take more time for me to accept it yeah sure so mm-hmm. diba understanding is different from accepting it right yeah or even practicing it or even practicing it yeah so I uh, maybe maybe I will also not accept it at all yeah. <laughs> we'll see but I need to give it time like so yeah, maybe the bit about desire to cherish or the thoughts yeah and gets ko na but yung feelings to allow Mm-mm. quote unquote the feelings to allow 
maybe I'll be stuck there for a while, a long while, mostly because I have other issues to work on regarding that mm-hmm. before I'm able to judge what she's saying from a more neutral standpoint. Yeah, right. Yeah. So actually, this reminds me of this book that we recently read, Parenting for Social Change, mm-hmm. where the author... Teresa Graham, um, Graham, 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 Teresa Graham, Brett, um, talked about individuation, which is a process where you separate yourself from all external influences. So you discover who you truly are, your beliefs and your own values, ganyan. So you get to know your authentic self and then you can allow to have authentic, you can allow yourself to have or to be authentic in your relationships. Mm. Although I am not entirely sure that that's possible for you to really separate yourself. Because much of who we are is because of our habitus. And yeah. to separate ourselves from that, parang, I don't know, pwede ba talaga yun? But Mm-mm. that's that's a different, for a different conversation. But I liked how she pointed out the importance of self-awareness. Like you said also, di ba, na, Ito yung parang maybe what we can teach our children. Um, yun. So, she she also said that self-awareness is important in liberation. So, this is me exercising self-awareness. <laughs> but let me share the quote. Um, understanding who we are, how we relate to the world, how we view others, and the issues of power and control is critical to creating change in ourselves and ultimately broader social change for our children, for all children. Right. Ganda. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you brought up this CM topic, the Charlotte Mason topic. Because, like what you said, for me, I didn't notice it at first. Because, one, it wasn't on our discussion list because we have a limited time. Right, when we do our virtual book club. So, I thank you for bringing it up. And like what you said, in her writing, sometimes things would pop up during mm. your season in life, right? Like yes. right now, we're talking about habits and our feelings and processing. And, you know, as we separate from, you know, the clutter of social media, we get more time for introspection. Mm-mm. So, these things tend up to, you know, parang, bold red letters while you read it. But sometimes it doesn't really make sense to us. And I guess it's it's good that we, we read through CM. We get to form our own convictions. Because what I like about this method and what we always say is that even if she is firm about her belief system, about her stance, mm-hmm. she is not prescriptive in her method. Diba? She doesn't mm-hmm. say na this is it. Sometimes she mm-hmm. would comma if you can. Comma Uh-oh. if it is allowable. Diba? Parang ganon. And I like that we took um, you know, we heeded the advice of people who said that you have the freedom to process and not to make our minds agad-agad about this method. And we take it as it is slowly but surely. It's really helpful for me to look at it that way. And, right, like what you said with Parenting for Social Change, thank you for recommending this book because as much as it is an easy read in the sense that you know, it's not as heavy in yes. English like Charlotte Mason. <laughs> the impact, it really, you know, like, it confronts you, like what you said. And, I don't know, I mean, I read it in like one to two days, ikaw ba? Same lang din, One diba? day, oh Yeah, right. And, up until now, like a few days, a couple of days after, I would still go back to some of the parts there, especially, you know, the little things where I notice that I'm very controlling. And ah, it's so hard because I admit I'm very controlling. Sometimes I'm very rigid in things. And my husband would totally agree about this. And, you know, even the little things, like she has this chapter or this part where she talked about how we control our children with regards to food. 
Right? Like, sometimes we feel it's so mundane, it's an everyday thing, and it's so little. But she said that if we control even how much our children eats and his preferences, it strips him off of his inner authority to making decisions about food. Like, mind blown. Like, <laughs> I remember her example was her child. Her son was... um. He he had big feelings feelings because mm-hmm. he couldn't decide if he wanted this the quantity. Gold, the yeah. goldfish, the yeah. goldfish crackers. I know, yes. and how she she looked at that scenario that his uh, her child needed her because she took, you know, she they they both got used to her deciding for her mm-hmm. son and so even the quantity he couldn't decide and it's when her, it's when her tita her yeah. um aunt is Mm-mm. offering the goldfish crackers yes that one he doesn't know how to answer Mm-mm. yeah it, it was it seems so simple right like if it happened to us we wouldn't give, like, a second thought about it. But as a child where I struggled with food and, you know, using it for comfort or using it mm-hmm. as a control for, for from my parents or my relatives, right? It's such a big thing. And I, I saw it. It really spoke to me so much. And though I don't agree with everything that she said, like what you said about you know, really separating, being an individual away uh-uh. from how we grew up, our culture, our society. Uh-uh. It's so hard to grasp because where will I go? But I think it's I, a psychology, it's a, it's a psych thing. Yeah, I don't think it's Mm-mm. as practical as Mm-mm. what I'm saying, right? So, Mm-mm. yeah, this is for another podcast episode <laughs> and you really need the process. Yeah, she really brings up a lot of interesting points about power and control. And it speaks so much to my social heart. Mm, it's making yeah. my brain cells work over time ding, and ding, me ding. looking for <laughs> college readings, you know. <laughs> so, ito yung the point she made about how we think of children as adults in training mm. is a direct translation of the power inequality in the family or in the home. And how offering children choices that are only acceptable to us to begin with is actually a manipulation mm-hmm. because what it is is act- is an illusion of freedom right you the, that that two those two points those, those two really ideas. shook me yeah those two ideas talaga parang ha there's so many things to consider and reflect on kasi these are Parang, is it, hindi ba talaga ganun yun? Mm-hmm. When, when, parang when, kasi those two ideas are so normal na to me. What she calls mainstream parenting. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then, now, is it really mainstream? para I mean, yung you offering choices, di ba nga, sometimes it's ra- not, not too mainstream pa. Kasi well, mainstream your... for us, in a sense that, in our circles. Oh, but see, yeah, you're ayun. right. So, okay. <laughs> mainstream for us, but yeah, it's not ayun. traditional parenting that okay, what we would great. coin yes. that term, <laughs> diba? But yeah. So, yun. Diba, parang, but when you look at it nga in the paradigm of power and control, which mm-hmm. is what she's offering in this yeah. book, you breathe, says, so parang, whoa, wait lang. <laughs> oh my God. Huh. And it's so funny because when we were reading it and we were chatting about it on Viber, I would feel this sense of control saying that, wait, this is not right. It's just her. It's just her thoughts. You don't have to accept the ideas. You can control how you would parent or how you would accept the ideas. And, you know, and it's like, Oh, it really shows how controlling you are because even Mm-mm. the ideas of other, yes. you would easily dismiss just Uh-oh. because it's different, diba? But you, I guess this time or this season in our parenting and our growth as 
you know, as we grow in our literary lives, it's allowing us to be more reflective kasi we slow mm-hmm. down, eh. We need to chew on what we're reading, even if we skim it, right? We need to process it, the ideas that, that comes mm-hmm. from the books that we read or shows that we watch. We don't just spew it out over the internet. We process it amongst people who we really trust that would, you know, they wouldn't judge our ideas or just dismiss it just because it's different or they they think differently from us. And I think as you mentioned that, that shocks, it's so hard to, to accept these ideas. Yes. It's like a constant, you know, topic, reminder to us Uh-oh. now. It's okay. You don't have to accept it now. You can process. But... And that's what she said, right? right? Yeah. Y- yung praxis, the action yes. and reflection, that it has mm-hmm. to be like a continuous thing. She said Galing. it's the learning, how it's spiral, not mm. like a ladder. Not linear. Uh-uh. Yeah. Which we are used to, diba? Like, magaling. And she, she gave a lot of more practical advice, which we probably should share more in mm. our next project or or in another episode. But yeah, it's very timely as we slow down during this Lenten season and we reflect on our parenting, our relationships, our faith. And maybe one last thing as we go back to Charlotte Mason. I think you are right when you said that we need to read her last book. Mm. Right? And Philosophy discover, of education. Yes. Mm-hmm. And discover for ourselves what she really meant when she wrote the first book. Because there was a couple of years, diba, when she wrote the first one and then when she wrote the last book. So, she might have changed her things or mellowed down. Because, diba, she, she wrote the book in succession. Parang volume mm-hmm. one muna. Volume two, three, four, five. Mm-hmm. But, the, but the topics are different. Parang you don't really need to read it one after the other. Yes. I mean, in, ano ba tawag doon? Parang hindi... Chronological. Chronological. Yeah, you mm-hmm. don't have to read it chronologically. It's more but topical. They say nga, but they say nga na sometimes um, CM scholars would start with the volume one or the others would, would start with volume six. Right, yeah. I appreciated Except, it more when I read Karen Glass's new other book in Vital Harmony when you said that because for me I didn't know about you know it being chronological though I mm-hmm. skimmed some of her books in between because she would have topics about parents mm-hmm. you know for parents and children right Um, and I would skim through those books to look at the topics but with Karen Glass like or she she went through the principles and really mm. made it more palatable for people to appreciate mm. it. But she was referencing most of the sixth book. Mm. And this is one of, her, of the quotes that I would share. Two primary principles. Children are born persons and education is the science of relations. Influence the ways in which we motivate our students. Persons have a natural desire, curiosity to form relationships with knowledge of all kinds. If our teaching invokes motives that hinder the natural development of those relations, we are infringing on their personhood. I guess I wanted to emphasize this because Karen, she would always point back to the first two principles mm-hmm. as a reminder. Because I don't know like what if you're like me, but sometimes I would knit pick some of her wordings or her phrasings, how it's outdated or... I think that's how you should read her nga eh. Diba? But, so that we can have the freedom to to interpret her, yeah. her principles, right? Mm-mm. But I appreciated Karen because she would, Karen does, she would always mention children are born persons or go back to the first and second principles which she would say the most important, quote-unquote, or the mm-hmm. main two principles, she would she she did that. Um, and I'm reminded to see the bigger picture because, yeah, if you would look at a child as born person, not as children in training, which CM would still, you know, hint towards it, mm-hmm. diba? So, medyo my differences, right? So, I, I understand your apprehension with regards yeah. to, you know, 
training, quote-unquote, their feelings. Or, Mm-mm. paano ba? Building a habit of feeling. It's weird. It, it doesn't yeah. really compute to them being the same level as a person as you, right? Mm-mm. But, I guess, yeah. So, we need, that's our assignment. We need to read <laughs> the sixth volume to know more. And maybe it will help us to have, like what you said, that neutral, more balanced Mm-mm. appreciation of her principles. And I like this last quote. The most important of which is that children are born persons because each child is a person. Our authority should not be arbitrary, but should be tempered by the respect due a person. This is Karen Glass speaking. Okay, it's not Charlotte Mason, right? So she's giving mm-hmm. a balance Mm-mm. of what Charlotte Mason wrote. And I continue, No authority gives us the right to trespass upon the personhood of a child. The fourth principle says, we must remember that the personality of a child, quote-unquote, must not be encroached upon, whether by the direct use of fear or love, suggestion of influence, or by undue play upon any one natural desire. Philosophy of Education End quote. So, that's Charlotte Mason. She, hmm, I guess we have to read more. Yeah. And process. Because it is Women's Month, I am dedicating all my reads for the whole of March to women writers. So, first and most important of all, <laughs> I wish to finish Jane Eyre this month. Just Ay, go- nako! <laughs> I finished four books ahead of it already, so this month is the month. Otherwise, maybe I'll take that as a sign to put it down for a while and then just pick it up again later on. Mm -mm. And then let's read Pride and Prejudice now because my book is here! Exciting. Did you ever think... Wait, sorry. Did you ever think about watching my Jane Eyre movie ba? Meron! I, I you know Meron, but I think it's major old na. N- not mm. not not one recently. I'm afraid if I watch the movie I might be lazy to read the book. To read the book. Yeah. You know what? I was looking over at Bookstagram. Bookstagram. Instagram din naman yun, but full of books. Uh-oh. So and then these um I forgot kung ano, what account that is. But about Pride and Prejudice. Mm-mm. Now, this person was saying that when she, she, maybe she watched the book first. Eh, she watched the movie. She watched <laughs> the movie first. Mm-mm. And then she read the book. And she said that made the experience even better. Mm. Well, okay, I guess <laughs> that's Pride and Prejudice. I'm, I don't know about Jane Eyre. <laughs> <laughs> if I probably know the plot, I would just abandon this very long and very worthy description know, right? of burnt oatmeal and cold winters. <laughs> and <sighs> so true. Yeah. It's so slow. <laughs> it's yeah. so slow. So yeah, and then the other books that on my march, um, TBR, are The Vanishing Half of by Britt Bennett, which is about um, identical twins who ran away from their community. Mm. And then The Authenticity Project by Claire Pooley, which I think is similar to Dash and Lily in a way. Ooh. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, but these are adults. Mm-hmm. Five adults. Parang, there's a, there's an, again, there's a journal involved. And then they Ooh, write on the journal. Yes, yeah. very interesting. And I'm also reading uh, Trick Mirror by Gia Tolentino. It's a collection of essays. Hmm. So I'm not reading it chronologically as it is presented in the book. So I just pick the essay that I'm feeling at the moment. And then I'm reading The Conscious Parent by Shefali Tsabari, which I highly recommend to anyone who relates with children. Yes. Have you? Do you have a copy already? Yes. Really? Yes. We're gonna lastly, body read it, yeah. Yes. Okay, lastly, I'm waiting for my copy of Nikki Kendall's Hood Feminism. To Ooh! 
Yes, exactly. I finally ordered it. <laughs> Hi, if there will be no delays, it should be here in two weeks. Pasok pa sa Women's Month. Yes. So, so to read all of those books, that's my Mama Me Time plan for the whole of March. <laughs> Ang dami. But I have more time to read because as you said, um, we're stepping uh, away from social media. I'm not lurking so much on Instagram anymore. <laughs> How about you? What are your Mama Me Time plans for the weekend or for the month? For the month na din. I love that you you shared all those new books that you're gonna read because I can borrow. Yay! Yay! <laughs> but more seriously, I appreciate that we body read some of these books, especially the parenting books because we get the process. And many people, I guess, don't appreciate it, doing it that way in a book club setting or, you know, interacting mm-hmm. with people as they read. It's super, super... It super enhances the experience of reading it as you process it, right? And so I, I, I'm planning to read The Conscious Parent with you. So, yay. And yay. as we read the same classics, we get to chica about it and how hard it is. Ahem, Jane Eyre. Kailan ba natin matatapos? But, yeah, I, I also enjoy that we choose kind of different nonfiction. I, I mean... Uh, non-fiction or novels, right? So, we get to hear Mm-mm. more or different stories and different perspectives. Super enhanced talaga yung literary lives natin. And so, for me, my reads for this weekend is kind of similar to what you read, what you shared initially by Chanel, Chanel, Chanel mm-hmm. Miller. It's no also idea. a memoir, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, this one is by Mary Turner Thompson. Um, I learned about her because I got her latest novel free from um, Amazon Prime. You get to pick one free ebook, right, when you're subscribed. Mm-hmm. So, her latest novel, The Psychopath, or memoir, I guess, it's free from Kindle. But she wrote an older book, and I thought, might as well read the first one so I get the full context. It's entitled The Bigamist, where she was mentally tortured and manipulated by a man who pretended to be part of the CIA or the British intelligence. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure because M- there M- she six, went in. M-I-6. Yeah, she went into the detail of how she remembered everything, how she documented her interactions with this guy and. It was very interesting. It was an easy read. I finished it in one weekend. But this guy, it turned out to be a con man. She was conning single moms and very strong female single moms, right? Like, mm-hmm. to be a single mom, it's already a, a, a hard job as it is. But they're, they're moms who work, their who have their own careers or, you know, who... who establish their own families or who have their own houses. So, it's a big deal. They, she wasn't conning, like, just any women. She would choose this 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 women. And she was, uh, this guy was able to, I guess, force or not force, but to encourage or con this women into marrying him which was so intense and they would give their money, their properties just to provide for his needs, which turns out he would, they were paying for other families because bigamist, right? So he was married to several women and it was so intense. And I was sharing it to Mark and he said, is that a nonfiction novel? And he said, no, no, it was a memoir. And he was so surprised because it feels like a movie or a non-fiction. Yeah. It, it it seems like it's a TV show, but it was it was her life. And so I finished that in one in one sitting because I wanted to know what happened. And um so her latest novel, I haven't started it, but it was about her learnings or how she she processed her everything and the last part of the first novel, she also wrote a victim impact statement, which mm-hmm. helped um, the case against this bigamist. Which, um, 
through this, she was able to meet the other victims. And I'm excited to find out how she was able to go through it. Because I, I know she found another, a new guy. And she's married to him now. And um, this guy helped her process, you know, what whatever happened to her. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of intense. But, you know, oh, it's... It's very impactful and like I guess with your experience, but she's not as emotional in her writing. In terms of her writing. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I'm excited also to, to read Chanel Miller because I'm into like what you said, I really enjoyed Mm-mm. um Tara Westover's Educated. Mm-mm. Um yeah, so she um uh, Mary Turner Thompson, she studied about psychopaths because previously mm-hmm. she called this guy a psycho, a sociopath. But then mm-hmm. she, she studied and she researched during her process. And yeah, I'm interested to, to know because I also enjoy, you know, these, you know, peaks at different wirings of other people. So yeah, that's one book I, I look forward to. But also, since we're all about hashtag we read women and all about our, um, you know, reading female authored books, um, I'm excited because since it's my birth month, I also pick, procured some, <laughs> some, some love. <laughs> and so I, I'm starting to, to read through those books. And one of the books that's really promising is this book, Longborn. About the slaves of the Bennett household from Pride and Prejudice. It's so Ooh. interesting. Yeah. It's it's so funny and so witty her writing. I think it was authored two thousand three or twenty thirteen. I'm not sure, but I'll share share it next time. But when I started reading it this afternoon, Sakto Kasi we wanted to read Pride and Prejudice, right? So Uh-oh. it's kind of an extension of that. But mm. someone from Instagram said that uh, this book doesn't mention... Ah, I saw this on Instagram. In, in Bookstagram. Yeah. <laughs> yes, on also. hashtag Bookstagram. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's an old book, but it's resurfacing again. Well, a classic would always resurface. So it's mm. super interesting. I'll pass it on to you probably next week because I'm sure... It's it's comedic, it's light, and this part that I was reading um this afternoon was about um the slaves doing the laundry of the Bennett sisters. And mm-hmm. she has such a funny take on it, like they wanted this to be crisp white. Why? It will just be dirty again after and how she mentioned that. I forgot the name of the character. But anyway, this this main character that the Bennets cannot look into her eyes because they're embarrassed that they're so messy and, you know, since Vic, like old era, Victorian era, by yung pwedeng pedis, I forgot. But since they bleed on the, on the underwear and things like that. So the details, it seems like it's, mundane or simple but the writing mm-hmm. is so funny so I'm very entertained mm-hmm. and I feel a kindling with, with the writer because as moms we have lots of chores laundry <laughs> and we hate laundry <laughs> I know right and so it reminds me that to our friends who are listening who are you know doing their chores while right? they listen to us Please feel free to tag us about your CM learnings, your questions, your needs, whatever shows that you watch, and your Mamma Me plans on Instagram at the Filipino Parents Review. Happy weekend!